buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. As always, I've got a fantastic guest for you today. I've got Nick Sigelski. He is an enterprise AE at SharePoint and is nothing less than a sales badass. We were chopping it up over here, and I told him we got to save the good stuff for the listeners. Um, he also is the host of the 30 Minutes to Presidents Club, which is a little deceiving, but we'll dig into that. Uh, so, Nick, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Colin, I am living the dream. I'm excited to talk with you today. Awesome. Give us the short version. How did you get into sales? 90 second version. Here we go. I was a college wrestler and I started a company in college with one of my college wrestling teammates and we did a ton of things great and a ton of things really poorly. And we mm -hmm. ended up winding the business down after, after college ended. But I thought, okay, I got to get a real job now. What was my favorite part about that experience? And frankly, it was the business development. It was the, the deal-making side of things. And it was easy because I was the business owner. And once, once you start selling somebody else's thing, it gets a little bit tougher. But I said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into software sales. And so uh, I kind of followed the classic path where I got into a, an SDR job that was one of those sort of burn and churn, pound the phone like crazy. Um, mm. And I said, all right, well... This, this is interesting. And so I was like, I got to get into where the real money, where I think the real money is, which is when you get to the enterprise AE level. So uh, I started taking, taking life really seriously from there. And, and a couple of years later, I've gotten myself into a pretty dang good enterprise AE role. Nice, nice. Okay, so most sales journeys start in a similar role like yours, where you're just, you know, hammering the phone, doing business development. You know, now they've got fancier names for it, right? It used to just be telemarketers. Now you're an SDR or a BDR, yep. right? So, what what do you tell like the SDRs, BDRs that are tuning in? Like, what's what's a good? What would you? What sort of advice would you give to them of their like path to becoming, you know, an enterprise AE? So a lot of the skills that a enterprise AE leans on on a super daily basis are the same things you were doing as an SDR. The amount that I'm still like picking up the phone and cold calling, I thought, mm. okay, maybe I'll move on from this. No, if you want to be successful, like the daily discipline is still really important. So I think there's probably mm. three main areas. If I'm a new SDR, like I've got to nail these things right off the bat. The first is opening a cold call the right way. And we can talk about a permission-based opener because there's really two parts of a cold call. It's the person uh, not just hearing what you're saying, but actually listening to what you're saying. And I think that's where a lot of people screw up on cold calls. Um, I think 
The second thing I would need to nail if I'm a new SDR is how you frame your value proposition. And I would challenge people to maybe ditch the value proposition and instead use what I call a problem proposition. And then the Mm. third thing is really tightly managing your day. I think a lot of new salespeople struggle and end up going down rabbit holes of researching an account for five hours who ends up sending all your emails right to the spam blocker and those personalized emails never make it through or filming this really custom video for somebody and and not actually having those things scale. Uh, And then they also get trapped in other like non-selling activities. Hey, let's set a weekly one-on-one, you and me, new SDR, so we can all share best practices. And that stuff's good, but I think really tightly managing your day and then figuring out the first 30 seconds of a cold call. Like if you can do those as a new SDR, when I stumbled into my like first real AE job, I didn't really know how to do anything else in the sales process, but because Mm. I really had those three things down pat, I was more successful than the rest of the group. All right. So let's, let's dig in a little bit deep on that because it's a topic that I love talking about. Um, You know, the more traditional way of a cold call is like, Hey Nick, how are you doing? (laughs) Right. So there's so many things wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, So why don't you give me some examples of 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 having that proper opening statement of a cold call? I think the first thing to understand is why the hey, Nick, how's it going doesn't work. The fact of the matter is you're lying to the customer immediately in the interaction, because if you're an SDR and you're making 50 cold calls a day, you're calling 50 CFOs a day. Like you can't honestly tell me that you really care about how each and every one of those people are doing. And they know it's disingenuine and you're just like trying to get them to interact back. Right. And, and, and then there's even, there's even people using scripts that have some sort of fake empathy in there to, you know, make it seem like you actually give a shit, but they know you don't. So, so, and not only that, not to mention that's what everybody else is doing, right? So they're, they're going to treat you the same way that they treated the last 50 people that use that same opening line, Yep, which is probably hang up or tell you they're too busy. Yeah. So your goal as a salesperson is you want to be like treated back as a professional. And to do that, you got to treat the person on the other end of the line also as a professional. And when you call somebody out of the blue and interrupt their day, like immediately there's four things that they want to know. Who is this person? Where are they calling from? Why are they calling me? And how long is this thing going to take? Because this person's interrupting my day and I've got a full-time job to do. And so what I do when I open a cold call is, is it's called a permission-based opener. And what that entails is you've got to like state your name and company. Hey, Colin, this is Nick with 30 Minutes to President's Club. And then the next piece, what you do is you address the time and then you address the situation and then you ask permission. And so you might say something like, I know you didn't expect me to call you this afternoon. Do you mind if I take one minute? I'll tell you why I'm calling, and then you can let me know if it makes sense for us to speak. And what you've done here is a couple things. Like, So the way it actually sounds, right, is, hey, Colin, this is Nick Sigelski with Shorepoint. I know you didn't expect me to call you this afternoon. Do you mind if I take one minute? I'll tell you why I'm calling, and then you can let me know if it makes sense for us to speak. Here's what you've done. You've said who you are, where you're calling from, and you're super clear about that. You have nothing to hide. You're a professional. Then what you're doing is you're addressing the fact that like you have some degree of emotional intelligence. Like, I know you didn't expect me to call you, or I know I'm an interruption, right? You're acknowledging you're a real person who like gets that this is kind of uncomfortable and awkward for the two of you. Anything you can do to make yourself seem more like a human and less like a pound in the phone salesperson, the better. 
Then yeah. what you do yeah. is with that time piece, do you mind if I take one minute? You're addressing the fact that like nobody likes a salesperson who goes on and on and on and on. And customers or prospects, one of the biggest things that they hate is uncertainty. And so if they, if you just say, do you mind if I tell you why I called, they don't know if you're going to spend 45 minutes talking about, well, we were founded in 1668 and our, our, our founder was a humble potato right. farmer and realized we had to change the, like, they don't want that. So you say, this is going to be quick. And then you ask permission. And one of the things we talked about earlier, Colin, is the difference between them hearing what you're saying and the words that come out of your mouth and then actually listening. And they will not listen if they don't give permission. Mm, right, right. No, there's, uh, I absolutely agree. That's, that's what we use is that same sort of format. The one thing I'll add to that is that permission based opener is so important. Um, however, also how you say it, what tone you use is, is equally, if not in my opinion, more important. Um, and so I like to use that sort of permission based opener, um, there's a time to use more of a confident tone and then there's a time to use more of like a unsure kind of like, you know, just human empathy sort of yep. tone. And I believe that opener is received really well when you just kind of say it with a very unsure tone, like, Hey Nick, I, I know I'm an interruption to your day, but do you, do you have a minute? So I could just tell you why I called. And, yeah, and, I mean, and so I, when you I, use that I tone, I, it's like you're the kid who got his hand caught in the cookie jar and you're like, yeah, look, man, Oh, oh I, you picked up the phone. Can, is it okay like, if we speak? <laughs> I know you didn't expect me to call you here. Like, I get I'm an interruption. Like, you didn't want this to happen, and I understand that. Like, can I tell you why I called? And we can get this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, um, I and it's not original. Uh, I heard it somewhere and stole it and have just recently started testing it. Is like, hey, hey Nick. You know, this is a cold call, but you know, I actually hate making cold calls probably more than you hate receiving them. But if you don't mind, do you have, you know, 15 seconds so I can tell you why I called? Yeah. I, I've got a buddy who's like, and look, man, I don't like making these calls either. So like, just, just please, I don't want to have to call you again. Like it's, it's like, <laughs> what happens yeah, is just like, have fun, just have fun, you know, and just constantly be testing new things. Like I think people want to have that silver bullet of like, this is the script and this is what's working. And yeah, it might work for a certain amount of time, but you know, if you get bored with it and you know, just have fun, try new things, stick with the basics of like that permission based, like before you speak or pitch, um, and letting them know, you know, who you are, where you're calling and you know, how long it's going to take. Those are all like the essential ingredients to your opener of your script. Um, but change it up, have fun, you know, test some new things. And you know, that's how you can start to like, just really enjoy the activity a little bit more. Like I'm a founder of four companies and I still cold call for five hours a week because it's fun for me. Do I work every lead that I generate? No, I pass them to my team and you know, I like to lead by example and test new things. And I like, you know, building relationships out of nothing. Um, so, you know, cold calling doesn't have to be this like thing that you just hate with a passion. Well, when you, when you start to let loose and like kind of chuckle a little bit, like the customer senses that also, and I mean, look, banging out 70 cold calls in a day, like that's, it's hard work and it can be, it can be super disheartening. And when you actually start to relax a little bit and like chuckle about it, the job actually starts to get kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you just focus more on the activity rather than the outcome, right? Because 
you know, a yes, a yes or a no is is a positive outcome. If you get, uh, you know, if you get a no, and they have a legitimate reason, like I don't know, you mentioned you sell ERP software. Like, yep. sorry, Nick, we're in a twenty year contract. And there's like, and I hate the vendor, but there's absolutely nothing I can do. Yep. That's a legitimate no. Okay, so great, I can take them off my list and go find somebody who I can help. Um, so a no is a positive outcome too, because you're trying to refine the list to find those people that are either in market, unsure or unhappy with their vendor. I mean, there's just, you know, so it's not all about just getting the outcome that you're looking for is which that next yes for most people. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for like evaluating, okay, what's my success rate on something, but Ultimately, that's outside of your control, which you have to focus on as a salesperson, especially in sales, because you will get punched in the face and rejected for most of the day, right? Most of your job as a salesperson is getting rejected. And so I really try to focus just on the inputs. You focus on um, something my, 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 uh, my high school wrestling coach always told us was he said, focus on the process, not the product. If you focus on the inputs being right, the outcome is going to be what the outcome is going to be. But if all of the inputs are right and you control what you can control, like the product is like just it, it's going to happen. Like the outcome is just going to happen. And it might not be the outcome you want, but like if you really gave the best of your abilities and you like focused on the inputs and those inputs were right, you probably couldn't have changed that outcome anyways. Mm. All right. So let's, let's go, let's go a little bit further in the call, right? So let's assume you get permission to speak. Yep. Then what? Okay. So where a lot of salespeople screw this piece up is they understand, okay, I probably don't need to like give the history of my company and say, we're the leading provider of X, but what they do <sighs> do is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a whole set of problems in itself. The next level beneath that where someone understands, okay, like I'm not going to do that, that garbage is they, they, they've been taught, okay, a value proposition or a value statement is really important. And I have issues with the word value itself because I, like, I understand what it means. But when you tell like a new salesperson, hey, you got to sell value, like they have no idea what the heck that means. So I think a lot of people struggle when they get told, okay, next you're going to say a value proposition because a value proposition kind of is inherently about you. And yes. again, you need to make it about the other person. How do you actually put this into play? What you're going to do is you say what I call a problem proposition. And the way that that comes out is you got to have some sort of social proof. So I might say something like, Colin, the reason I'm calling you is I've spoken like, okay, so they say, all right, fine, go ahead. You've got one minute. Cool. Thanks, Colin. Colin, the reason that I'm calling you is that I've spoken with a number of other insert their title there. I've spoken with a number of other VPs of sales who are, and then I insert a word here that um, is indicative of pain. So I might say something like who are stressed or who are frustrated or who are anxious or who are concerned. That, and then you insert like a common challenge that you solve. So all you need to do, like if you're listening to this to like come up with this on your own is think about, okay, if somebody says like, here, like if you're saying, here's what we do to help, just flip the inverse. If you can help in this way, okay, well, what sort of problem is someone struggling with that you then help with? So for me, I'm like, I'm selling this ERP system to, to CFOs. And I might say something like, uh, 
Colin, the reason I'm calling you is I've spoken with a number of other uh, CFOs of law firms who are frustrated that trying to get their law firm's bills out the door is taking way longer than they're hoping to because of some of the special formatting requirements from the insurance companies that they built. Right, so I've said the problem. Now what I'm going to do is I'm not going to talk about how we solve that problem because they don't, like, I don't know if they even have that problem yet or if what I've said has actually resonated with them. What I want to do here now is, is kind of implicitly um, get permission and tell them that we can make that better. So I'm going to say that problem statement, and then I'm going to say, I'm calling you about something that makes that easier. And I'm wondering if you might be open to speaking when, when I'm not cold calling you out of the blue. What I've done here, right, I've named a problem that I have a really good hunch that they have. And I've told them that we can help make that problem easier, better, whatever. And then I've said, would you be open to talking at some point about this? An area that a lot of salespeople get like stuck in is, is they say the problem and then they say how they can solve it. But the person on the other end doesn't really care unless they have that problem. So you've got to like get them to affirm that that problem exists or get some more details mm -hmm. about that. So instead of saying the problem and how you solve it, just say the problem. Because if that problem doesn't exist, what the heck are you doing pitching to solve it? Now, I, I, I love that. Now, I would argue that there's a lot of salespeople that don't even clearly know what problem they solve or don't even properly know the job that their prospect does and may or may not know how to speak their language in a way that's going to pique their interest. So let's assume they don't know how to get there. How can they get clear on that? Well, if you're the type of salesperson that isn't clear on that, my guess is you're not the one who started the company. My guess <laughs> is you're working for an organization that hopefully, hopefully has at least one customer. Likely you work somewhere that has a couple customers. And hopefully your company is keeping track of the deals that you've won in whatever sort of CRM you have, or at least like an Excel spreadsheet. So what I would do is I would look back on, like I hear people say, oh, you know, you should get a customer round table put together and invite all mm. of the CFOs and you ask, like realistically, if I'm a new SDR, like the chance of me putting together a round table with a bunch of our enterprise customers, like that's not gonna happen. But what you can do is, is like, take a look. Why did you win deals before? Talk to people at your company who have closed deals. Um, and then half the battle too is like calling people and like, okay, so let's say you're, you're new SDR and there's no resources whatsoever to help you with this stuff. Or like maybe you do work somewhere where you haven't closed anything, like the company hasn't, doesn't have a single customer. Well, I would still like take your best shot at a problem you think your thing can solve. And then mm -hmm. when you call someone and they're like, yeah, we're not really having that problem at all. Like you can just ask and be like, I appreciate that. That's cool. I'm going to let you go. Um, I guess I'm hoping you can help me because I'm new in this sales job and like I have no idea what I should be saying to CFOs when I call them and like I've been told that we help with this this and this and like I'm wondering if you think there's a better way that I should be phrasing this like some people are just gonna be like no you know hang up the phone but like eventually you're gonna get some benevolent CFO that's like okay I get it you're some like 22 year S 22 year old SDR who like is struggling and when you like ask for help you will receive yeah, no, I love that. Those are those are all great tips. Um, so you know, one, if you do, are you if you are at a company um, that has some customers, get some like find out why why those customers bought from you, what problems you did solve, right? And if maybe you're a company that's been around a little bit longer, actually, like really read the case studies if they exist, right? Like. 
what challenges they have and look for some like commonalities. Right. And then let's just assume you don't have any of that. I love what you said, Nick is, is, is collect feedback, even from the people that are giving you no's. Like I'm a big believer that the feedback from the people you don't do business with is more value, valuable than the people you do business with because they have nothing to lose. They're going to be totally honest with you. Like, Hey, you were just too pushy or like, no, you didn't really solve the product or you're, product's just not quite there for what we need. Like they will give you the feedback that you're really looking for to be a better seller. Yeah. I mean, when you actually like openly ask for feedback and like, I even do this in, in the sales process, right? Like I'm selling something like an 18 month sales cycle in some cases. Well, you, I'm doing some sort of calibration throughout the process. Like we showed you a demo and uh, like I actually did this the other day. I had the a CFO on the phone and we had showed them like a, a two hour demo of this thing earlier that week. And she was telling me all of the things she liked about it. And that's cool. I'm writing these down. We're going to highlight these as we keep going through the sales process. But one of the things I said is like, hey, I'm also curious, like, what weren't you crazy about? Because I know our product's not perfect. Well, when mm. I say something like that, first of all, like we talked about like pushiness and stuff, all of a sudden you break the mold of the normal sales rep because the normal sales rep wants to close their eyes and just be super positive about the thing the whole way through. Well, the fact of the matter is your product's not perfect. Your company's not perfect. The customer knows it and you definitely know it because you see behind the scenes. And when you actually admit that the customer gains more confidence in you because like, okay, this guy's telling me the truth. And mm. then I also figure out what didn't they like? Well, you wouldn't believe half the time when people tell me things they didn't like about the product, they're actually things that are like factually wrong. But if I don't ask that question, I never know. And so yeah. when you ask, or I do know, okay, great. Well, now I know sort of where the deal sits. If it's something that's like a major deal breaker thing, I have yeah. a pretty good sense of like the realisticness of that deal. And if it's something that's small, like, okay, now, now I have a chance to dig into it. But like, I don't think salespeople who are actually working deals in their pipeline spend enough time like, on the negative side of it, like what didn't yeah. you like, or I'm kind of getting the sense that you feel what like, what could we have right? done better? Yeah. Or, like, it or, or it feels like we just haven't quite earned your trust. Like, can you share yeah. why? Like, those are all great questions. Um, and, and the thing is, is what I find in that line of questioning, a lot of times the feedback that you get is things that they just like weren't paying attention to yeah. or yeah. like didn't fully understand. Um, or maybe you just didn't communicate it properly and they missed it for some reason. I mean, I'm assuming on a two hour demo, there's a lot of stuff that could get missed. Totally. <laughs> right. And you might have to re-explain things multiple times. So, um, you know, uh, asking for that negative feedback, I think is, is, is so important. Um, because a lot of times you can clear up things that would have just gotten skipped and you would have lost the deal because they weren't cleared up. The piece about, okay, a lot's missed in a two hour demo is so true. Like if you think about like your own experience as a salesperson, when you onboarded at the company, you didn't like learn everything in day one. And the fact of the matter is you're probably having the same like four or five conversations dozens of times a week with dozens of different customers. So for you, everything about the product and the onboarding and the training and like your organization, that's all second nature. Like it's ingrained in your head for the customer. They only get that information like once sometimes. And if you're not mm -hmm. reiterating it throughout the process, like they're going to miss things. So you got it. Like you've, you, you've got to one check for clarity, like multiple times throughout the process, but then two, recognize that stuff's going to be missed. And if something's important to a customer and they acknowledge that at some point, it kind of feels silly. Like 
the next meeting, like bringing that point up again, but they've already forgotten a week later or two weeks later. And so you've got to keep bringing that stuff up that that is important to them. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So, um, Nick, man, thanks so much for coming on the show. We covered a lot of uh, good nuggets here. Uh, I know you have a podcast. Why don't you let folks know where they can check that out and anything else you want to let them know? Sure. So I have a podcast. It's called 30 Minutes to President's Club. A little bit of short-term gratification there. People like their junk food. It probably takes more than 30 minutes to really be successful as a salesperson. But the idea behind the show is it's probably similar to this one in the sense that there's a lot of sales podcasts out there. And like 93% of them like to just talk about theory and mindset and how important it is to, uh, you know, uh, feel good and meditate before you do your cold calls and you got to work hard and that stuff's important. But like, if you're listening to a podcast in your free time to get better at selling, like you probably know that and you're inherently a hard worker. So the idea behind my show is we only talk about things that salespeople can do, say, or write that very day with a customer to be more successful in their sales job. Get your theory, get your mindset from people who are more uh, suited to do that, or just like figure it out. Um, but that's the idea behind the show. If folks want to connect with me, get with me on LinkedIn. The first name's easy. It's Nick. The last name's a little bit tougher. It's Segelski, C-E-G-E-L-S-K-I. And I uh, I accept all requests so long as they don't include a pitch for more leads in the uh, the connection invite. <laughs> or four paragraphs of junk. Ah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll accept <laughs> ones of, of moderate junk, but the amount of people who... Um, I I, uh, I coach wrestling uh, uh, as a sort of like a volunteer way to give back. I was a college wrestler, and uh, I, and so I, I coach wrestling. And the amount of business coaches that say, "Hi, Nick, I see you're a coach. Do you want to learn how to grow your business?" I'm like, ah, all right, man. You, you got to remove it from your headline. Yeah, exactly. You just got to remove it. Uh, all right, Nick. Thanks so much. If you're listening to the podcast, uh, please subscribe, share with your friends, write us a review. We will drop all that stuff in the show notes so you can connect with Nick and we are listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.